0: Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team with no in-season management. Get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, sign up with promo code FSE, and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code FSE and draft your best ball mania three team today. What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with another episode of Dynasty Decisions, episode 54 of the series. We are back. We were in New York for a couple days. We intended on doing some live streams, but you know, logistically, we couldn't get things sorted out. We were doing a bunch of things for underdog fantasy. So Basically, a little hiatus for a couple days, but we're back. Dynasty Decisions, as you guys know, one of our uh, you know trademark series around here. If you guys want to be a part of future Dynasty Decisions episodes, you can do so one of three ways. Number one, our patrons get first priority, so you can uh, go down below, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. The $10 Ladster tier will get you access to that. Number two, you can reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, email, all that stuff is linked in the description as well. We will uh, get you to the queue. Can't promise it's going to be anytime soon. But we do have, uh, you know, we will have you covered at some point. So um, with that being said, Danny, how are you doing?
1: For sure. And I mean, we've mentioned on multiple Dynasty Decisions how loaded that queue is. Well, I'll tell you what, a few days over in New York did not help that cause a ton of submissions. I want to say we're about 30, 40 backed right now. So if you guys want to skip that line, if you guys want to get featured on Dynasty Decisions as soon as possible... Pitch on laster tier, will get you there right off the bat. But yeah, it's just fun being back in Hamilton, being able to roll up the sleeves, get some content done. Obviously, we had a phenomenal week over there with the underdog boys in New York. And yeah, got to roll up the sleeves and get back to work.
0: Yeah, for sure. So like, comment, subscribe if you guys enjoy. Now let's hit the intro. All right. Starting it off with the first team. We will start it off as usual with the patron submission. Skang, uh, we have here. Superflex PPR tight end premium. If he's watching this, you you sent me two teams. I'm doing the first one. We'll cover the next one for you at a different point in time, but Uh, This format also has negative points for incompletion. So, you know, good quarterbacks and good passers specifically definitely uh, see a bump in this type of format. Uh, You guys can see the team there. Justin Herbert, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, et cetera. Joe Mixon, Rashad Penny, Melvin Gordon, et cetera, running back. Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Mike Williams, Elijah Moore uh, with Christian Watson there at wide receiver. T.J. Hawkinson is his main tight end. Uh, has a first, second, third, and uh, second, third in uh, 2023. All of his picks, by the looks of it, an extra third in 2024, and then an extra first and second in 2025. So he has to cut four players in August. Roster is temporarily increased post-rookie draft. Uh, he has his rookie and extra picks highlighted in you know gray there as well. Startup draft was before the 2021 season. So um, looking at his team, what kind of stands out to you? And then we can run through some of his trades here and talk about who to cut.
1: Yep. So, uh, I mean, looking at this team, um, I would put you more so in the contending area, uh, given the fact that, you know, you have point producers at wide receiver, especially with that top three, who should all be top 20 this year. Myself and Corey are both very high on Elijah Moore, thinking he can potentially make that jump. And then, of course, I mean, looking at the running back core, guys like Mixon, Penny, Melvin Gordon have more present value as opposed to future value. So if I were to look at this team, I mean, realistically, you're, you're gearing towards contention, but I would say that you would probably need to make a couple more moves to put you in that top top contender status
0: yeah so i mean depending on your league market you might be able to fish around see what you can get an rb2 for see if you can mm-hmm. make an upgrade at quarterback see if you can get another wide receiver or something like that i might consider being proactive with this team seeing what joe mixon or Devonte adams can fetch me on the open market because this would be a pretty easy transition into Agreed. a one-year productive struggle if you wanted to go down that road because maybe you can flip you know, Joe Mixon into a 2023 first straight up or Devontae Adams into a first and a second or a first and a young receiver or something like that. And in that case, I think you probably will be better off in the long run doing something like that. But I don't think this is a team that's, you know, out of the range of outcomes that it could compete this year if you make, you know, a a move here or there.
1: I'd probably put you right now, I mean, again, I don't know your league market, I don't know how some of the top-heavy teams would look, but, I mean, judging off the macro market, based off this team, I'd probably say you're residing around that fourth to seventh area in your league. You did say the startup was
0: before last season, so it's only a one-year-old league, there's a chance that there's no, like, monsters in this league yet, but... um. Uh, if this, if there's no monsters in this league, then you could definitely win the championship with this, with this team. But I would say maybe, uh, potentially shopping Devonte Adams and Joe Mixon to see if you can get younger and, and a little bit more draft capital and liquidity that way might be the direction that I would lean with this
1: team. I agree. I mean, I, we mentioned this all the time when you're in this position, this is the classic kind of wait and see team. If you're, you know, five weeks into the season and your team's maybe even if you're 3 and 2 but you notice like okay I'm getting lucky in my matchups or my team's maybe not putting up points and you can sell high at that point on some of these win now type of pieces maybe transition maybe put yourself in that 2023 2024 contending window where you can not fully tear down but more sort sure of retail this a team build around like AJ Brown, Justin Herbert and Elijah Moore in particular that would be the way I go. But and, hey, maybe after five weeks or four and one, you're a top two, top three score in your league. And you say, okay, listen, I got liquidity here to be able to add to this team to ultimately try to win a championship. Again, this isn't a team that either way is stressing um, to rebuild their content. It's more so just stay fluid, stay water and kind of see where you're at a few weeks into the year. Yeah. So you have to
0: cut four players. He has listed here. Antonio Williams is pretty easy cut for me. Yep um Darius Slayton might get cut from the Giants I, I I'm I got no problem cutting him as well uh Donald Parham I'm probably I'm probably clipping as well and then I mean probably I, I'm gonna keep all those rookies that you have there but just Sean Corbin's a guy that he I mean he went on drafted I'm cool just cutting bait with him as well
1: I don't really care about Melton either
0: yeah, neither of those guys kind of stick out to me. So any you know combination uh, for some of the guys that I kind of just mentioned there would probably make some sense.
1: Let's run through these trades
0: rapid fire here, and then we'll move on to the next team. In this first trade, he gives up uh, Rashad White, and in exchange for Rashad White, who's you know middling second round running back uh, in rookie drafts, here we get a 2025 20, first, second, and Bo Melton. I mean, Bo Melton's just a throw-in, but getting a one and a two in any draft class for a guy that is a meh prospect in a in a down draft class. And even in a down draft class, is still like a mid-second round pick for us. I think this is a great move uh, for the future.
1: This is clear. Osam bias out of sight, out of mind. That guy's looking at twenty twenty five, saying, "Hey, listen, are we even going to be living in twenty twenty five? Twenty twenty five would be like Singleton, Alder, Luther Burden, just off the bat. Again, I'm going to sound like a complete degenerate talking about eighteen year olds right now, but those would be, you know, the top recruits that have committed. Obviously, we're going to know more contextually after their freshman seasons, but. It's never bad buying on uncertainty. If people can't put a name to that class right now, like, listen, names are going to emerge. We see it every goddamn year. So if we see, you know, Drew Aller looks like the next Josh Allen. He's 6'5", 230, and has a great true freshman year uh, at Penn State. I mean, he could be the prize possession of that year, similar to like a Caleb Williams, similar to like a Bryce Young. So if some of these names emerge in their freshman years, like, listen, like, I know it's going to sound gross acquiring 2025 capital, but if you can get it for 40 cents on the dollar right now, like Rashad White for that, I'll take it all day. Yeah,
0: Rashad White's not uh, moving the needle either way for me there. Uh, you also give up Miles Gaskin, a guy who's not going to really move the needle. You get a third and a fourth, 2024 yeah. third, 2022 fourth. I'm fine with that. Miles Gaskin's not really worth a whole lot. So much, you know, crowded competition in that Miami backfield. Now he was pretty much a volume play in the past couple of years, and now he doesn't even have that. So a guy that I can get rid of with uh, no questions asked. Um, the third trade here: 2022 third round pick in exchange for Terrace Marshall and a fourth. If you like Terrace Marshall, I don't. I don't mind it. I'm not a big Terrace Marshall guy, but it's not like he gave up an arm and a leg in that one. Uh, and then you traded away the 305 for the 310 and a third. You pick up an extra third in 2023. Yeah. This is a great move. For sure, you re-roll, you know, a five-pick discrepancy in the third round of this draft class ain't, you know, a huge thing to write home about. So I- I'm cool with that move for sure. And you might have still gotten Khalil Shakir with that pick is what I'm looking at uh, based on the rookies that you have.
1: You can make the case again, maybe, maybe you'd want that little extra, but you can make the case that the 2023 third is at least comparable value to the 305. So whatever way you spice it, I mean, 310 basically for free. For moving down five, you know, you move down five spots, uh, you get an extra third. Like, yeah, no, either way you slice it, it's going to be a good deal for you. So give me the side that you got. Add liquidity. And who knows? I mean, maybe you package a third or two thirds next year and it gets you up to a second. You have more playability there, more easily accessible trade options, just getting that extra little pick.
0: Right. And if you because you have two third round picks, maybe you can trade both of them before the season for like a running back that's thrust into a big workload or something, because you do have the possibility to compete with this team. So closing out this team, like we said, see where you're at, uh, maybe shop those uh, older assets, see if you can get younger, maybe uh, turn this into a one year productive struggle if that's the direction you want to go. But let's move on to the next team here. We have Gabriel Jones, 12 team PPR, super flex, uh, no tight end premium in this one. Uh, this is a team that he took over starting this year. So I guess he or, this was an orphan. He took over it. Uh, his plan is to rebuild and load up on more 2023 picks. Where should he start? So this is the team, Tannehill, Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield. So obviously not really any foundational quarterbacks, but Kenny Pickett, I suppose, young guy. You could potentially build around him. Damian Harris, Singletary, Elijah Mitchell, Michael Carter, et cetera, at running back, Tyler Lockett, Juju, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, um, and then some other rookies there, George Pickens, Jalen Tolbert, et cetera. Mark Andrews' is his main tight end also has a first uh looks like his first and three thirds in 2023, all of his picks in the future draft classes, a couple trades listed here. So right off the bat for me, this stands out as a team with a ton of work to do. Obviously yes. there's not a ton of rebuilding type of assets that I want to build a foundational team around outside of the rookies really that you just acquired this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you ask here, where do I start? Well, I'm looking at a guy who doesn't fit your timeline is going to give you monster production at a scarce position and is currently going in the top two rounds of a startup. That's where I'm starting. If you want to build draft capital, I love Mark Andrews. But if you can get, you might be able to get, you know, a 2023 one and a 2024 one from him, especially like if somebody's contending, they might even give you an extra two in there just to spice it up. If you can get that type of return, again, I love Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews is a stud, but in your position, You don't want that production on your team. You want to tank that 2023 first-round pick. And quite frankly, even if you get the 101, even if you're looking at Bijan, this is probably a team that I'm looking to flip into extra 2024 capital once you get that 101, simply because, to put it simply, you got Garrett Wilson, you got, you know, Kenny Pickett, could be a long-term quarterback, two, three type. Maybe he turns into a Mac Jones. Those are a couple of nice building blocks. However, your contending window, in my opinion, is – not until at least 2024. And if you're knowing that inherently, get rid of your immediate production. Like if Tyler Lockett has a great start to the year and he's the wide receiver 14, somebody's willing to overpay for him then comparatively to where he's worth now. Sell those type of pieces because you don't want them producing points on this team.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think the the thing that I like about your team is that you have a lot of flexibility because... like while you don't have any superstars outside of Mark Andrews that you can sell for a lot of draft capital, you can do a lot of two for ones with this team because you have, you know, Damian Harris and Devin Singletary and Elijah Mitchell and Ryan Tannehill and Tyler Lockett and Juju Smith-Schuster and Tyler Boyd, Dalton Schultz and Zach Ertz. You can package any two, of those players that I just mentioned and get yourself a 2023 first, or maybe a first and a second, or you know, 2024 first. If people know that the 2023 class is already loaded and they don't want to give up those picks, then aim for 2024 picks at that point. So if somebody's willing to give you, like a contender is like, hey, I'll give you my 2024 first for Juju Smith Schuster and Zach Ertz. I'm trying to compete this year, then by all means make that yeah. move, gets that production off of your team and makes your pick inherently worse as well.
1: For sure. He also has a few trades listed here. I'm assuming he wants us to go over. So, uh, the first one here, he gave up the 212 and the 304 for Schultz in the 2023 fourth. Probably about comparable value. Um, I don't mind if you're lower on this class and you want to just get Schultz, also opens up an opportunity for you to trade Andrews. I think that's about comparable. Uh, not really leaning either way. Maybe I personally would have want to get the picks because I like some of the players in that area, but. You know, if this opens up an opportunity for you to trade Andrews or potentially knowing your league micro market, selling higher on Schultz once he's the tight end five after week four, I'm open to it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I would have been aiming if you were looking to get out of those picks, I would have been aiming for future draft yes. uh, capital, like 2023 20, seconds and thirds or whatever, or 2024 20, seconds and thirds. But if nobody was willing to give you that and you wanted to just take a shot mm-hmm. on a guy that you think was going to increase in value and Dalton Schultz could definitely do that. For sure I, I'm cool with that trade I think value wise yep. like Danny said it's probably pretty fair the next trade he has here he gets rid of Johnny Smith and Harrison Bryant for a third great move there neither of those guys have any kind of like standing value so I'm cool just re-rolling it into a
1: 2023 third yep I mean that's getting ready to fodder and adding some liquidity on a team that you don't need although it's not going to be much production it's production so changing that getting a 2023 third maybe you know you get a sneaky little piece there maybe you can attach it to a deal maybe you know you can touch a 2023 third to Schultz and potentially get a first down the line like those are the types of moves you can make just building off of liquidity right now so I like that move
0: yeah you're going to be sending a lot of noise trades with these teams like a lot of you know three for ones and you know two for ones and stuff like that the next trade you have here is Robert Woods and Mike Williams you get the 111 and the 209 again you're getting a first round pick I probably would have aimed for future draft capital instead of this year's draft capital because I I don't know when this trade was made but I would have people know who the players are now. And I probably would have aimed for 2023, 2024. Hopefully you're able to trade that far into the future. And if you're not, I would suggest, you know, saying that you'll pay your buy-in for those years so that you can, because it'll be really hard for you to rebuild if you can't trade, you know, future picks or whatever. But uh, I think at face value, this isn't like a terrible deal. Mike Williams and the 111s pretty similar. Uh, Robert Woods versus the two Oh nine is relatively similar as well. But if I was a contender, I'd be comfortable giving this up for Robert Woods and Mike Williams for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh- I would have looked for future capital simply because, I mean, when we're actually putting faces to the picks, I'm not a fan of Christian Watson. So, I mean, knowing that it is Christian Watson here, it would be Christian Watson, the 209 for Woods and Williams. I personally would have wanted to aim higher or, um, yeah, as Corey said, even if you had to exchange the 111 and go for a 2024 first, I would have rather done that
0: yeah exactly so uh the last trade he has there is he gave up the 202 and 209 for juju in a third yep i mean in your position i wouldn't be buying a guy like juju smith schuster i view his value as more short term than long term uh in your league format and your league dynamic i'm sure he's going to have a lot of value so i'm sure you can rectify that trade i know juju is young but i would highly suggest trying to shop him because people are going to see the kansas city he's on a one-year deal he's not signed there for multiple years it's possible that he plays well this year and they extend him or something like that but I'm willing to bet that Juju is probably going to have his highest value before the season starts because he plays for Kansas City. So I would probably look to flip Juju in a package deal or by himself and try and flip him into future first-round capital.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, exactly. 2024 first. Heck, even if, you know, you want to take... you got to throw in
0: to get it done just to get a first-rounder out of Juju. I'm, I'm totally cool with something like that.
1: Fine with that as well. So we can move on to the next team. That's gonna be from John Rubel, a 10-team PPR, one quarterback league with four point passing touchdowns. So you guys can see it on the screen. Dak Prescott, Trey Lance, and Tom Brady for one quarterback league. That is a phenomenal I wish it was a super have. flex. It'd be a great, oh, yeah.
0: great core for a super flex.
1: Oh yeah. Running back Akers, Gibson, Stevenson, Daryl Henderson heading that group with a bunch of you know potential sneaky production behind them. Wide receiver, Waddle, Higgins, Marquise Brown, Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton in particular. Tight end, you do have Pat Fryermuth, Trey McBride, and Tyler Higby, along with five 2023 ones and a 2023 two, and all of your picks in 2024 and 2025. So uh, I'll get you your thoughts, but right off the bat, having this type of young talent on this team, along with owning almost half of the first round, I mean, literally half the first round in a 10-team league next year. Yeah, I like it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he basically asked. He wants to know, like, was rebuilding a good idea? Because I'm assuming he tore this down and he rebuilt this team. I would say you're doing a great job so far. It looks like you've hit on some of these picks. I'm assuming you drafted Jalen Waddle types and Friar Muth and stuff like that. So you've definitely made some good draft picks. Uh, Your team is probably like a borderline contender now with the upside that, like, who's the oldest player on this team? Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. (laughs) Like, and it's a one quarterback league. You got Trey Lance waiting in the wing. So. like quarterbacks, the only position that you got some aging assets in the rest of your guys are all, you know, in their third season or less, and you have five first round picks in this draft class. So yeah, I think you're really, really well set up to be a competitive team this year and, you know, kind of see what happens. Maybe you want to make a move around the deadline. If you're, if you're, you know, five and two or five and one, and you're just, you know, blowing the doors off of most of the teams that you're playing, maybe you can make a move for a contending running back like Leonard Fournette or something like that, or a contending wide receiver like Keenan Allen or something like that or make it make an upgrade at tight end or something. You're in a you're in a good spot with a lot of flexibility.
1: I actually would have advised separately cuz I think 2023 would still be my window for dominance. However, I would instead of looking for the contending pieces, look for the cornerstone pieces. Maybe, you know, the guy who has Jefferson chase Pitts is more so geared towards tearing it down because you monopolize all those 2023 picks. Maybe that guy says here, listen, I want to take, you know, Jerry, Judy, Antonio Gibson and a first for one of those guys. Or maybe if you have to throw in an extra second as well to get it done, if they're willing to sell them for, even not 80, 90 cents on the dollar, I'd be looking to do with this team because you have the luxury of being able to pay up for guys that ultimately will hold, like Chase Jefferson, Pitts, sustained value for the next eight to 10 years. So that would maybe be the sneaky buy. Look, again, don't go out of your way and overpay just to overpay, but if you can get you know a relatively good deal on those guys, I would definitely gauge that market because ultimately here, you have a lot of good volume, a lot of good depth on this team. Maybe getting a cornerstone attuned to really anchor it down, after you especially build with the rest of your picks in 2023 that's how i would kind of you know move on move forward with this team
0: yeah exactly that makes some sense when you're building out a monster you definitely want superstars to to be part of that monster and chase jefferson all those guys definitely qualify as well so um he has a couple of trades to analyze here so we'll go through these uh as quickly as possible and then we'll move on to the next team but he gave away dalvin cook and I fucking have no idea how you got this for Dalvin Cook. Antonio Gibson, Cortland Sutton, Pat Fryermuth, and a 2023 first. I would legitimately take every individual asset over Dalvin Cook. Fryermuth and an on tight end premium, maybe not. But, I mean, dude, I have no idea how you pulled this trade off. Well done. Obviously, this is a very redraft-centric market that you're looking at with a trade like this. Somebody paying this much for Dalvin Cook just tells me this guy thinks it's redraft and not dynasty.
1: So maybe you you probably can't go after some of those cornerstone pieces just looking at this uh, looking at this market right now. Um I mean if hitting on your are,
0: picks is probably your best as, avenue of building out a monster, then it's collecting picks it, and, and hitting on them is, is your best avenue for sure. If
1: people are willing to give you this type of value and give you their 2023 picks for virtually Fugaz, just collect the draft. Just collect the draft, and you know what you do. Guess what? If you have seven or eight of those firsts and somebody is really, really wanting a player, you don't have to pick every single player with those first. Use it as collateral. Keep moving. Keep collecting liquidity. And ultimately, when you're ready to can- contend, then you can make that transition. But from what I'm seeing here, this is a very my guy centric league. If somebody sees a player, they don't really care what the cost is. They will go after it and you know exploit the market, take advantage of that inefficiency. And clearly, from some of these deals you've already listed here, you've done so. Because, I mean, even the next move, listen, I love Stefan Diggs, but... You're telling me right now, I mean, Marshall, J.D. McKissick. I would prefer J.D. McKissick to Marshall, but let's just say they're negligible in this deal. If you can tell me right now, I can flip Stephon Diggs into Marquise Brown in a 2023. I literally
0: did this, by the way, in the Bitcoin League. I traded Stephon Diggs for Marquise Brown in a first. So, yeah, I I definitely agree with that move. I think that's a great move to make. Getting a first for Elijah Mitchell, easy move to make there as well. I like Elijah Mitchell. I loved Elijah Mitchell coming out of Louisiana Lafayette. And he was one of my biggest hits as far as like sleepers are concerned. But if I could flip him from the third round rookie pick I spent on him in 2021 in that rookie draft into a first rounder in 2023, I'm doing that 10 times out of 10. So great move there. And then he he says he thought he, you know, sold too low on Najee Harris. I think this is probably a fair trade. I mean, Najee Harris, Terry McLaurin and a third, fourth and fifth. So a bunch of, you know, junk picks, Cam Akers, T Higgins and a 2023 first. I I would rather have T. Higgins in a first than the rest of the package combined. No
1: personally. debate. And
0: you get a free cam Akers on top of it.
1: Genuinely, the way I look at this deal, again, would I prefer nausea over T. Straight up in a startup? Sure. They are in the same tier. Close. They are in the same tier. For me personally, the way I look at this is Akers and Higgins, nausea and McLaurin maybe you slightly prefer nausea McLaurin, but those more or less kind of cancel each other out in my opinion so the fact that you're able to transition a third a fourth and a fifth into a first like yeah it was already you know a, a decently fair deal without the pick swap but the fact that you got the first as well like fantastic deal and again you feel like you you undersold but i mean you you kind of mentioned here if K, if acres does skyrocket if Akers is a healthy bill in this offseason like are we really ruling out the fact that he is valued at or above Najee by this time next year? Well, he's he's
0: a year and a half younger than Najee Harris right now, right? and he was drafted a year before him, so... Uh, age is definitely on Cam Akers' side. He's also insulated to a better offense as long as he's healthy. There's a, there's not. It's not outside the realm of possibility that he, this time next year, he's valued higher than Najee Harris's in Dynasty, like you said. So I would say, uh, John, you don't really need much more help. You're doing a great job. I think you're well set up to do what either Danny said, we go after some studs, maybe do what I said, where you go after some contending pieces based on where you're at at the midseason point. So we can move on to the next team here, which is from Stephen Hins, 10-team, two-quarterback league with Mahomes, Tannehill, Mills, and Darnold as the main guys. Jacobs, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt, et cetera. Wide receivers, Diggs, Keenan Allen, McLaurin, Devontae Smith, Ayuk, Juju, Cooks, et cetera there. Uh, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox's main tight ends also has the 105, 108, 307, and 401. And he has all of his picks in 2023 class plus two extra second round picks and then all of his picks in 2024 and 2025. So uh, looking at his team, he traded his studs away is what he told me because he had no future QB2, RBs, or rookie picks this year. So he's hoping to do kind of like a retool and compete in 2023 and 2024. Um, And he also has uh, listed here who he wants to take with his rookie picks. But going over his team real quick, what do you kind of notice? Is this a team that you can retool around?
1: Yeah, um, I will say you're probably... You know, you're solid at running back, but I mean, it's just kind of uh, a lot of numbers as opposed to like, the, it, basically what I'm trying to say is too many running backs that I'd want to hold that have relatively decent value at this. I would point say the, the same season. is true
0: for his wide receiver core too, because he has a, yeah. he goes like probably eight deep of, of productive wide receivers this year, but he did say he traded his studs away and um, it looks like he traded away CD lamb and Cooper cup and some of the guys here. Um, I would say that my plan for retooling this team would probably be to go after studs. Because, I mean, Diggs, Keenan Allen, like if you can flip those two guys together for like a Jefferson type or somebody like that, I'm I'm probably looking to acquire some superstar talent to build around because outside of Patrick Mahomes, uh, for the future standpoint, obviously Diggs and Keenan Allen are superstars this year, but uh, you don't really have a whole lot of building blocks long-term outside of Mahomes.
1: It's a like again, it's a relatively good team. You could probably compete with the team. The only problem I have is that, to put it simply, I don't think there's... Many like other than, you know, Mahomes and Diggs in the short and you know, Allen in the short term for the most part, you don't really have a player that can like win a league or win a week on their own. Like you don't have, you know, a player like Jonathan Taylor, know. Justin yeah. Jefferson,
0: Jamar Chase, Kyle Correct. Pitts, you know, uh even Najee Harris or DeAndre Swift or somebody like that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's a good team. I just, in a 10 man league, uh, I would prioritize the studs as opposed to building up as much as again, it's never bad to have this much depth. However, I will say, I don't really see that stud week winning alpha winning type of uh, ceiling on a given week by some of these players. So that would, that'd be what I say. Um, I don't know. What what else do you have to say on it? That, that's pretty much
0: it, man. Like I'd be yeah. going towards, uh, You know, packaging some of your depth together, trying to get a superstar. If you could take Stefan Diggs, Juju Smith-Schuster in the 307 and go after, I mean, you already traded C.D. Lamb away, but like somebody like that, I would probably, you know, look towards A.J. Brown, look towards T. Higgins. Maybe you can add a little bit more to get up to Chase or Jefferson. I think uh, that's probably what I would be looking to do because when I'm retooling, when I'm rebuilding, studs and superstars are the way to do it. And then you fill out your depth with your draft picks and with some, you know, ancillary moves and stuff like that. So he does have some plans for his draft picks listed here. At 105, he's hoping one of Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson falls to him. That's, you know, exactly what I would do. Uh, whatever guy that you prefer, there uh, makes a ton of sense. 108. Um, and then he also says 109 here. So I don't know if he forgot to list 109 that he has it as well, but he says Olave Pickett slash Sky. If you want to go with any three of those players, that makes some sense to me because you're rebuilding. I don't know if you think Jamison Williams won't be there, but Jamison Williams would also be a guy that I would love to get at 108 if he falls there, but maybe he's going to go before that. And that's why he didn't list him. So um, he also says, Are Schultz and Knox enough, or is there another tight end I should try and acquire? Pitts is too expensive. I mean, that's how Kyle Pitts is. It's it's pretty yeah. hard to acquire him in mean, Dynasty. We're we're pretty well aware of that. Pat Fryermuth is the 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 plan B for me. If I can't acquire P- Kyle Pitts, I wouldn't be uh, you know opposed to shifting you know Dalton Schultz or Dawson Knox into Pat Fryermuth Plus, if you can.
1: Um, yeah, and I also just uh read his next trade. Um, this is a perfect transition. This is a perfect transition. Something that I probably would have even mentioned for this team. You flipped Damon Harris McLaurin a 307 and two thirds into Calvin Ridley, a projected early first in the 205. Like I would take any two of those pieces easily over the package that you gave up. This is the, you know, the classic you built up your depth. If you buy out, you know, guy Calvin Ridley, he's going to be at or above McLaurin's value by this time next year. Plain and simple. That early first is quite easily worth, at minimum, the rest of the package combined. So overall, I mean, great move. This is understanding your league market and getting yourself into that potential transition to add studs to the depth you've already built.
0: Yeah, and he has all of his trades listed here. I, I don't think we're going to have time to roll through all of these because we got a couple more teams we got to talk about in this video. But like you said, you traded some of your studs away, Cooper Cup, Kelsey, CD Lamb. I would say that the the returns you got were probably of equivalent value, but yeah. I would have knowing that I was going towards a retool. I definitely would not have sold CD lamb. I would have held on to somebody like that. Cooper cup, definitely fine to to trade him away, but receiving guys like Keenan Allen and Josh Jacobs would have not, would not have been the type of assets I would have gone after with Cooper cup. I would have gone after young guys, guys with uh, appreciability, Deandre Swift, somebody like that. If you could, transition cup into somebody like that it would have made a little bit more sense for this team same goes for travis kelsey too because it looks like you acquired you know dalton schultz and brandon cooks guys that were going to help you compete right away
1: i mean i will say um even if you can't buy in on studs because it looks like you know people are willing to pay off their studs in this league the next move i make to put it simple since you have so many numbers since you have so many players that could net you value for a team that's willing to go all in like i wouldn't even mind just. Keep gaining picks, keep gaining picks, and building around some a couple of young guys. I mean, realistically, Devontae Smith, Ayuk, uh, Mahomes. Like, if anybody else wants to make big offers on any of those other players on your team, I'd be fine fully retooling this. Because, quite frankly, if you can build up the liquidity that that would offer, this could potentially be a monster. It's just right now, I feel like your ceiling would be capped. If you can transition that into potential future capital, where people are going to a either be willing to overpay for those picks on the clock or be potentially transitioning them into young ascending assets that can potentially reach that upper percentile in dynasty. That's how I would maneuver.
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh let's move off of uh, his team. We'll get onto Tano's team, which is the last yep. of the patron teams here. Super flex PPR league with no tight end premium. Uh, Herbert, Lance, Wentz, Mariota, et cetera, at quarterback. David Montgomery, C.E.H., uh, et cetera, at running back with Rashad White there. Wide receivers, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Drake, London, Calvin Ridley, Jamison Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Jahan Dotson there, uh, and then Irv, et cetera, at tight end. All of his picks in all of the next three future drafts. He basically has has to drop a player. Uh, For me, I mean, Bailey Zappi's gone. That's probably who I'm dropping. I don't really care about him. He's on his
1: taxi, though.
0: Yeah, he Um, is on his taxi. Okay, so if you have to drop a player that's not on your taxi, I'm probably um, just going to drop Abram Smith. I know Kamara might get suspended. I know Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah, Schwartz. One of those guys I'd probably be dropping. Schwartz had like third-round draft capital, so that's kind of like the tiebreaker. He's
1: running wind sprints, though.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I I would say either one of those two players would be the direction that I would go in. Uh, Should I go from here? Basically, he says he's trying to sell off David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and potentially maybe use a wide receiver to upgrade there or get future picks. And he says there's uh, a lot of new dynasty players in this league. A lot of guys went for like a redraft style build in the startup and do not think I have a chance to win, but could be competitive maybe. So if a lot of guys went redraft style, then you need to go dynasty style and you need to get draft picks, draft picks, and more draft picks. You have a good foundation of Justin Herbert and Trey Lance, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Drake London. You have some foundational pieces. Obviously, you don't have a foundational tight end yet. You don't really have any foundational running backs. But what you can do is use the next couple draft classes to fill out those positions because we have a couple good tight end prospects coming up. We have a couple good running back prospects coming up. So what I would be looking to do is take David Montgomery, take CEH, um, take any of your like non-essential wide receivers like Iuke or like somebody like that and try and go out and acquire 2024 picks, most likely. Because, I mean, I'm going to keep saying this. 2023 picks are pretty well known that they're going to be good at this point in time. So if they're too expensive for you to acquire, go out and acquire 2024 picks. Try and dominate that draft class if you can. If you want to transition, maybe one of your older wide receivers, I say older, they're like 24, but AJ Brown, DJ Moore, if somebody's willing to, you know, sell the farm for those guys because it is a redraft style league and they really believe in them. I don't mind selling those guys either. But uh for the most part, I think I would build around Herbert Lance, you know, London, etc. Jameson Williams.
1: I think this is actually the team that he was showing us uh in the Discord that he did uh you know about a month ago or so. So if this is the team, I mean, like, yeah, I like how you crafted this. And as Corey said, I mean, those redraft style running backs, because Let's be honest here. Every you know more casual redraft setting, people are going to be like, "Oh, I need running backs to win. I need running backs to win." And they're you can just say, "Hey, look. I mean, I'm giving you a top 14 running back the last three years, and David Montgomery come give me a first. I'm giving you Clyde edwards hilaire who's the RB 11 after week three because he, you know, walked into a couple touchdowns from Mahomes. Give me a future first. Even if it's 2024, listen. Like, if it's redraft centric, they're going to look at 2024 and be like, Is this league even going to be up by then?"
0: Yeah, and you might even be able to just like sometimes targeting one person that you find is like really overly redraft centric is the move too. Because I know I did this in one of the leagues that I was rebuilding in. If you could be like, "Hey man, you're so close. Like you just need a couple pieces to push you over the top. I'll give you David Montgomery, Clyde edwards Solaire and Brandon Ayuk. If you give me your 2023 first and four, uh, 2024 first, and you might be able to net two first out of someone for you know three or four of your uh, redraft centric pieces. Maybe you throw in Carson Wentz or something too to get it done
1: you know exactly exactly so overall um you've done a good job thus far um just you know look at
0: those running backs looking for the transitions and- i would not try and compete with this team though because if, if you said a lot of people are trying to go redraft centric it means that they probably have a lot of short-term good teams and you probably want to be able to monopolize on that build around your stud young pieces like justin herbert like trey lance like drake london like aj brown like dj Moore, like jameson williams uh, in particular and then you can you know move on and, uh, and build out your running back and tight end core in the future draft classes. Maybe Irv Smith turns into something for you. Uh, but for the most part, I think you're well set up. I just think uh, I would be patient with this team and try and continue to make some moves to gain some liquidity and gain some
1: draft capital. For sure. But before we get into the next team, as Corey always says, we got to pay some bills over here. You guys should be hearing a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Hey, lads. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors over at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming across the globe. All men strive for gold in their life. Gold medals, gold watches, gold chains, gold everything. Gold, yes, is very nice, but true artists know that platinum takes the cake and Manscaped perfects their art with the introduction to their all new Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped's brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. Inside this platinum package, you'll find all the perks of the Performance Package 4.0. Their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, Cop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and their Cop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, along with the added products of their Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium Two-in-One Shampoo and Conditioner, and their Ultra Premium Deodorant. The lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect against your delicate parts and holes both are waterproof so you can shave with less mess in addition to shaving you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the ultra premium body wash and ultra premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner you'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to the next level. This summer, it's time to join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code BUSH for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code bush at manscaped.com. Manscaped gives your manhood the proper treatment it deserves. We appreciate the support for the fancy stock exchange by our friends over at Manscaped and thank them for sponsoring today's video. And speaking of that video, let's get right back to it. A huge shout out to our boys over at Manscaped for sponsoring this video. And yeah, we're going to get through these non-patron questions.
0: R. Jackson, Tua Tonga Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, JK Dobbins, mainly at running back, Cup, Lamb, Higgins, Waddle, mainly at wide receiver, uh, Albert Okawebunam, uh, Mike Isiki, et etc. at tight end. 103, 210, 310, 312 this year. Does not have his 2023 first. Uh 2024 looks like he has all of his picks, has a couple trades here listed from the offseason, and hopefully who he's hoping to get with his draft picks. So basically, uh said he found us our show recently. He's been enjoying the content. We definitely appreciate that. Wanted to submit his team. And if we had any suggestions on how to make this in a, uh, into a monster, I would say this is already a pretty good team. Definitely some big time cornerstone pieces, but definitely wants to turn this into a absolute monster and dominate this thing. His main question is regarding his bench. His starters are great, but his bench is really shallow. A lot of non-starters and he's worried if one or two injuries during the season, just kind of blow him up. Do I try and solidify my bench now during the off season or wait until mid season? So thanks again for uh, great content. Again, definitely appreciate that. What are
1: you, What are your thoughts? I'm fine. Again, I always say that when I'm in a more contending type of window, people are going to advocate that people are going to say, oh, you know, you want to get your depth pieces now because they're going to be quote unquote cheaper. However, when I'm in this position, I'm fine with paying a slight premium in season. Once all the variability, the volatility that can happen in the offseason, once I kind of know what's exactly going on with backfields, what's exactly going on in terms of wide receiver health. I'm fine with paying that premium because ultimately you already went through your value appreciation, value accumulation type of stage. Now you're ready for your production stage. Even if you have to slightly overpay at times when you're in that contending window, ultimately here, your goal is going to end up being winning the championship. So even if you have to pay again, a little bit more, I want to do it once I kind of know all the unknown factors that exist right now.
0: Right. And especially if you intend on going and acquiring a running back, I mean, yes. it's going to be way, it's way easier to go out and predict a running backs role during the season than it is in the offseason because we've seen games we know usage all that kind of stuff and same goes for wide receivers and tight ends if you're going to go after somebody like that as well so would i force a trade right now to make sure that i have more depth and split jalen waddle into two lesser wide receivers or something like that maybe if it's the right price but probably not i'm probably going to roll into the season with the team that i have spend your draft picks 103 210 should be able to get a very solid wide receiver he's hoping that Traylon burks falls to him There at 103, I think he would be a great addition to this team. 210, Alec Pierce, Jalen Tolbert type, Hassan Haskins or something like that. Khalil Shakir with those third round picks. That makes a ton of sense to me. If you fill out your team with those kind of players, I think you're going to start to uh, accumulate a little bit more depth than you currently have. In season, if, you know, let's say T. Higgins and Jalen Waddle are both injured and CeeDee Lamb and Cooper Cup are your main guys, but you need another guy for your flex or something, and you want to go and buy low on you know, a wide receiver that's a bit like up there in age, maybe having a down stretch, like an Adam Thielen type or something, then you should be able to do that at that point in time. But like Danny said, I'm probably not going to force it now just for peace of mind's sake, knowing that I have a deep team. Yeah. And then Miracle Whip has a couple trades listed here. We can quickly just go through here. Uh, these trades, he has Trey Lance, Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, and the 110. So he sent those away in exchange for Patrick Mahomes, JK Dobbins, and T Higgins. So for me, the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Trey Lance in a one quarterback league is probably about the 110 or Jerry Judy, like maybe, maybe even a little bit less than that because it's a one quarterback league, but you get the guaranteed stud in Patrick Mahomes. So I'd say for for simplicity's sake, Lance and Judy cancel out for, for Patrick Mahomes. Then it's basically JK Dobbins and T Higgins for Najee Harris in the 110. I think that's about fair. As we kind of talked about earlier, T Higgins and Najee Harris, not a huge difference between those guys. I'd rather have JK Dobbins than the 110. So it's a pretty even trade. I would say. Uh, The next move he had here, he sent away Patrick Mahomes then uh, and Deontay Johnson in exchange for Lamar Jackson and Cooper Cup. So that gives you obviously some big time difference makers at those positions. I would rather have Lamar Jackson from like a redraft uh, standpoint. And for a contending team, you do have to kind of keep that in mind. And Cooper Cup over Deontay Johnson, I would rather have even, you know, at face value in Dynasty as well.
1: Agreed. Uh, And then the final deal here, he sent a 2023 first Darnell Mooney, DJ Dallas and Quez Watkins in exchange for the 103 and the 310. I'm gonna be honest. I don't like this move. I don't think it's terrible. You get
0: a, it depends. Like if that's your that was your own first. I'm assuming so. You're assuming that's a late first round pick. Again, it's a dangerous game to play because things can happen in the season or whatever. You get the 103, which should be like a difference making wide receiver prospect, like Burks, like London, whoever, and Darnell Mooney, who I like but I don't love. I, I don't think this is an outrageous trade. I probably lean the, the 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 first Mooney and the rest of the pieces side of it but I, I don't think this is outrageous you get a guaranteed top 3 pick in this class i think it's it's fine and it works out if that pick ends up being like the 110 111 or 112
1: yeah i mean i get that however i do think if you're a contender i think Darnell Mooney would be a piece that you'd want to keep um and not to mention i mean yeah like i would rather the 103 straight up than the 2023 first in a one quarterback league but i mean realistically i don't think that that coverage uh equals a Darnell mooney who in a one quarterback league might be worth a late first on his own right
0: yeah that makes sense for sure um but with that being said we can move on to zach lee rolls team
1: a one quarterback full ppr league you guys can see the team on the screen headlined by trey lance and deshaun watson at quarterback running backs he's got jk dobbins antonio gibson etc there wide receivers tyree kill jalen waddle the two dolphins uh heading back group tight end tj Hawkinson. And then he's got his defense and kicker listed there. So overall, you can list the type of questions he has here and ultimately what he's looking to do with this team.
0: So he says here that uh, no one will trade with him uh, basically in his league one year in, and he's kind of weak at running back almost got swift for Tyreek straight up. Uh, and they sent that offer to him, but they wanted one Oh five on top and they kind of, you know, did some bullshit at the end, which is kind of annoying, but basically asking what kind of trades should he make overall? And does he have a contender? Like he said, it's a one quarterback uh, PPR with, you know, three wide receiver and a flex. People don't want to trade because they overvalue their own players. And some don't know enough about fantasy and don't want to be taken advantage of. Um, He says we have one person, the Swift owner, who is uh, known for offering terrible trades all the time. Is there a trick to get people like that to start trading more? Or should I go with a wide receiver at one Oh five and not reach for a running back like James cook. So for starters, do not take James cook at one Oh five. That's a pretty easy answer for me. I'm just taking the best available wide receiver, most likely at one Oh five, because that is the strength of this draft class. I'm going to go with, you know, Garrett Wilson, Drake, uh, Drake London or, or Traylon Burks, whichever one falls there most likely. And I'm not going to reach for, you know, James cook. I'm assuming Kenneth Walker is not even going to be there based on you asking that James cook would be the best available running back. So um, looking at this team is this a contender and uh do you have any advice for him on how to maybe potentially get people to trade more
1: um top contender no playoff team probably um this is a weird position to be in um honestly like again you mentioned your league micro market is kind of tough to get deals through but this is a team that i would put through a blunder if all things were equal but Fortunately, again, I don't know how your other owners behave. You mentioned they're more stingy, they're more sturdy because they don't want to be taken advantage of. It's a tough spot, man. Honestly, I would probably have to see where you're at at the early portion of the season a few weeks in to see if you want to possibly contend or possibly flip for value because realistically, like I don't really know how to discuss the behavior in this per- personal league given the fact that nobody's willing to move.
0: Yeah, I would say from my own experience, when people don't want to trade, I don't trade with those people. I don't really have a solution to that problem. So if all 12 people in your league or all 11 other people in your league don't want to trade, then unfortunately you might just be in a league that doesn't trade very often. But if there's four or five people that like trading, then I would target those four or five people that like trading and avoid the people that don't like trading. So that's basically where I'm at. If like kind of what Danny said if you're at the midseason point and you want to move off of some guys like JK Dobbins or Gibson, because they're running backs or Tyree kill because there's an older wide receiver transition into a bit more of a rebuilding or retooling type of uh, build with this team. I don't mind that uh, at that point in time, but I would probably wait and see. I think if Dobbins and Gibson can hit their you know spots there and those wide receivers can carry your team, Trey Lance is the starter in San Francisco. He can be a top 10, you know, fantasy quarterback or something. Things could break right for this team to contend, but it's probably a long shot, like Danny said, that you're the best team in your league. You're probably more likely a, you know, playoff contender, you know, five, six, four seeds, something like that. And you can win the championship that way, but long, uh, long term sustained dominance is what we're looking for in Dynasty, not like a one off championship win.
1: Exactly. And uh, just right off the bat, too, I want to quickly add before we go on to the final team, if you're noticing that, You know 10 nine people in this league are inactive and it's tough to make deals hey listen we got a we got a free discord linked in the description if you want to join another league that has a bunch of degenerates wants to make some deals want to pick up another team for that portfolio in addition to this join up man because honestly like for me personally i don't know how i could fathom not being able to make deals yeah exactly it would just pretty much ruin the
0: entire experience of playing dynasty for me because to me and to both of us, the best part of dynasty is the reactivity of it and the ability to buy low and sell high on players because of how the league market is behaving. And if you don't have that ability, because people look at trade offers and they're like, I'm trying to, you're trying to take advantage of me. I'm not going to fucking accept that shit. Then uh, it's not really the type of league market that I would want to be a part of. So like Danny said, we do have a free discord. If you want to check out, uh, you know, all you have to do is go into the the join a league tab in our discord and be like, hey, who wants to join a dynasty league? And I'm sure plenty of people will be like, hey, we have an orphan in this league or, you know, whatever the case is. And you might be able to join some other leagues that way. So, um, you know, stay in there, hang in there. I would say, like we said, midpoint of the season, reevaluate and see what happens. Uh, but we can move on to the final team of the video, which is from Adam BZ here. 12 teams, super flex, PPR, tight end premium. He actually sent us pretty much the teams of everybody else in his league as well, which is good context for us. Not necessarily um, something that we absolutely need, but it definitely helps us out when making decisions. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Sam Howell, Matt Ryan, et cetera, at quarterback there. Uh, Joe Mixon, Kenneth Walker, Kareem Hunt, et cetera, uh, running back, wide receivers, uh, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, Devontae Smith, Cortland Sutton, Brandon IU, Calvin Ridley, et cetera. And then Darren Waller, Irv Smith. And then he also has um, one through six picks in 2023. So he has... All, all of his picks, sorry, rounds one yeah. through six, not picks one through six. That'd be pretty insane. And then all of his regular picks there, flex, PPR, tight end premium, like we kind of uh, mentioned already. Um, it's a 12-team league. Startup draft just ended. So this is a, there's no monsters in this league. We got to assume if there's a, the startup just ended. Debating whether or not he's a contender or not. Uh, A couple of teams have gone all in and have pretty decent squads in the short term through trading their first round picks already. Some have decided that they are rebuilding right from the get-go. Debating whether or not I should, you know, follow one of those two paths, kind of go with a more balanced approach. Basically, wait and see how the first half of the season plays out as well. What are your thoughts on this team and how would you kind of approach this if this was your uh, roster for sure?
1: To me, this is perfectly clear. This is a one-year punt given the status of Deshaun Watson, given the status of Calvin Ridley, and I would try to make 2023 my year. So, I mean, given that, the only thing I would say is players that are at risk to lose immediate value would be more so, you know, your Joe Mixon type, um, Cortland Sutton, uh, guys like that, you know, that I can transition. Maybe Darren Waller as well. Darren Wall guys like that that I can potentially transition to where their value is more so peaking, you know, 2023 to 2025 is more so what I would looking would be looking at. Cause quite frankly, when you're ready to compete, Mixon's gonna be another year older, Waller's gonna be another year older, same with Sutton. So a lot of those guys are propped up by their redraft 2022 value that if I can make a slight transition for when Deshaun Watson's back, for when Calvin really's back to possibly push my chips in by then, that's what I would be looking to do.
0: Yeah. And a name that kind of stands out to me is, uh, I talked about on the video on Tuesday, which is guys that are guaranteed to accrue in value, uh, this time next year, you could take Joe Mixon and Cortland Sutton and maybe get Chris Godwin in a 2023 first for a trade like that, where you're able to get off that, that mix production tank your own 2023 draft pick. And like Danny said, make 2023 your year. He also has a co-manager. So that is a, a, a wrinkle. Obviously me and Danny are, I've the only co-manager I've ever had is you. So We typically agree on direction of our team and, you know, where we want to go with things. So I've never had like a co-manager dispute of where we want to go with the team, but I would suggest, um, you know, making your co-manager watch this video and getting our thoughts on it. And that's basically what I I agree. I think that's what I would do as well. It's probably going to be pretty tough to compete with this team. You have a rookie running back as your RB2 in the short term. Your quarterback, too, is a superstar when he's on the field, but probably won't play a game this year, which leaves you to rely on Matt Ryan as your quarterback, too, which is not an ideal situation to be in. Like Danny said, Mixon, um, Darren Waller, Cortland Sutton are at risk of losing value this time next year. So I would try and transition those pieces if you can, into more liquid assets, more young pieces, or guys that can peak 2023 to 2025 when your team is
1: ready to compete. Yep, for sure, Uh, but either way, appreciate you for submitting your team. Appreciate for all of you for submitting your team for this week's Dynasty Decisions. Again, a little bit of hiatus when we were at New York, but happy to get back to work. If you guys have made it this far in the video, comment down below, Dynasty Decisions is back because again, had that little break, we are back. We're ready to go. Dynasty Decisions back. Appreciate you guys for making it this far and enjoy your week.